Hey, this is Mr. Anderson, Anderson, and you are listening to Two Out of Three Falls. Yeah, 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 what up? You know, it's uh, Peter Rosenberg, Hot 97, ESPN, WWE Network, Cheap Heat Podcast. Um, let's see what else. I got mad jobs out here, but right now, talking all things wrestling with my man Randy Cruz, the Cruise Control Podcast. Sit back and stay mage. You're listening to Cruise Control with Randy Cruz. This is the voice of the New World Order. N-W-O. And Neil Perfect Secrets of WCW Nitro. Welcome to a brand new edition of Two Out of Three Falls Podcast here on the Cruise Control Podcast Network. I'm joined by, as always, my boy Graham Matthews from Bleacher Report and Fan Sided Daily DDT. Graham Matthews, my man, how you doing? Doing great, Randy, brother. How you doing? I'm doing good. You had a little recent getaway to uh, <laughs> WrestleMania 37 in Tampa last minute. Mm-hmm. Um, how did that go down, man? I know you were probably home just chilling. They probably called you up. Hey, come to Tampa. And you're like, all right, I'm going. Essentially, yeah. Like I was telling you before we got on the air here, it was uh, completely last minute. Again, knowing how WWE functions, I've never worked there, but mm-hmm. you can kind of tell as a fan how things work sometimes. Uh, right. Not entirely surprised, but it, it, it worked out perfectly in that I, I kind of knew about the possibility for a little while that I could be going. Um, I just didn't want to say anything just because, listen, I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm going to WrestleMania. And then I don't go to WrestleMania. So right. I don't like I don't I don't like announcing anything until I know it's either happened or it's absolutely going to happen. Mm-hmm. So you never know what's going to happen. They could tell me that I'm going and then I get sick before I go and I can't go. So you never fucking know. Um, but I found out very shortly beforehand, like a week or two in advance. I, I found out maybe two weeks in advance, but it wasn't finalized until like r- literally a week before the show. Uh, mm-hmm. Book travel, hotel, everything. Uh, we got everything in place, secured, confirmed, finalized, and uh, flew in Friday. Went to night one on Saturday, night two sa- a Sunday. Flew out mm-hmm. Monday. Crazy experience. Had a lot of fun. Appreciate everyone that was able to make it happen. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was definitely last minute, but I think it ended up being. Uh, the best thing that could have happened. It would have been, the show was great anyway, even despite being there, having that bias, I still think it was a very good mania. And just to experience being in front of a live crowd again was mm-hmm. just, can't even put it into words. Just absolutely surreal. So, uh, yeah, it was a fun time. I'm glad we were able to make it happen. And I feel like from, from the show aspect, I feel like WrestleMania was a good reset for us to kind of come back. I know we, this show has been on and off so many times, so many heel turns, <laughs> you know, over the last couple of years. But, um, for those of you who are a fan, uh, we thank you. We uh, we appreciate the love and support. You can find the podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple. If you're a fan of video podcasts, you can find it on YouTube.com slash Cruise Control Podcast. Again, follow Graham on Twitter at WrestleRant. You can follow me at Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, the letter J-C-R-U-Z. Uh, t-shirts are on ProWrestlingTees.com slash Cruise Control. So, Graham... We had a format until like three o'clock and then, you know, cuts started happening, releases, WWE was like, listen, this is our annual day of cutting people. Last year, it was, I think it was the same day. Ironically. Exact same day. Yeah. Exact same day. So maybe this, 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 this might be a thing for them. Every <laughs> April 15th, <laughs> every tax it's like, day. Yeah. yeah. It's like black Monday for the NFL. We're going to start firing and cutting people. Yep. Um, so we'll start there. So obviously the big names are Samoa Joe, the Iconics, Bo Dallas, Chelsea Green, Mickey uh, James, Mickey James, uh, 
Kalisto. Kalisto, yep. And uh, Wesley yep. Blake was another one. I think he named everyone. I think uh-huh. he named everyone, though. So let's talk about it. So obviously the big name is Samoa Joe. I, we, 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 you know, we just saw him on Raw commentary. He was not on the WrestleMania commentary team. He was. Well, was he? He was. Oh, wow. He was. Yeah. So I don't know about night two. He definitely was there night one. I and saw him, yeah, in the, in the poncho. I do recall that, yes. This guy being out there, the ultimate company guy, standing out there in a friggin' poncho in the middle of a hurricane. It wasn't just rain. It was pretty mm. bad. It was a pretty severe storm because they evacuated everyone from the arena. Like they just put them in the corridors, the hallways. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I, I wasn't there, so I don't know. I was in. Mm-hmm. I was in a different part of the arena, but he was there. I'm thinking, like, why? Why are they still there? Why are they doing commentary from the ground? Like this is pretty serious weather. Mm-hmm. Um, very se- you know severe winds and shit and rain. But he's still standing there in a friggin' poncho with Michael Cole, and they're doing like the. Not the commentary, but throwing it to the back for the interviews. Thinking that's bizarre. Like this guy mm-hmm. will do anything that is asked of him. He hasn't wrestled in over a year. Um, yet he still does the like the WWE YouTube shows and stuff like that and does commentary every single week. They announced on Monday that, you know, they're gonna be switching up the commentary teams. They had the guy from ESPN come uh, come in to replace Tom Phillips, who isn't even there right now, I don't think. I think they, they, I think they bumped them to like 205 Live or something like that, which is weird. To go from Raw to 205 Live is a pretty big demotion. But yeah, then it said it said in the press release, Joe will remain an active member of the roster. So that tells me, that press release went out on Monday. That tells me something changed from Monday to Thursday where they were like, okay, we're going to have him be on the roster to then where you just don't even want him here at all. Like, let's let, let's let him go. Right. I honestly hope there is some sort of reason behind this, whether it be... I don't wish for any bad health or anything, but like there's got to be either they won't clear him or he asked for his release or whatever the hell happened. And I feel like if there was, we would have heard about it. I have not heard any of these credible sources say, you know, Joe can't go because of this concussion. We haven't heard anything about that. I, I think he is good to go. I think he can wrestle at any point. It's been over a year at this point. That's, you know, that's a pretty long layoff. So right. uh, of all the names, you know, some are more disappointing. Some are more surprising than others. Bo Dallas was absolutely inevitable. All these people are good people. You never want to see anyone out of a job unless it's a guy like Velveteen Dream who has done some shit that absolutely <laughs> should have cost him a spot on this roster. And he hasn't right. been there in months. That is the only person I will say. And there's some other people like, you know, Matt Riddling is terrific in the ring, but he seems to be very problematic. To let go of other people like Joe, who seems to be the ultimate company man, has a lot more value, I think, than Riddle. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. But um, yeah, no, Joe really surprised me. That, that really made me upset because I'm thinking, why the fuck would you let this guy go when he can still do a lot more for this company? Yeah, I, I think it's going to come down to they didn't want to clear him. Uh, as, as you mentioned, he just, you know, it, it was just Saturday. He was on WrestleMania. Yeah. And then Monday happens and now Thursday. And it's like. Once you once you've seen they changed the raw. Uh, announcement commentary team, team, yeah. Commentary team, like, okay. Where's some old Joe going? Maybe go to SmackDown, maybe do his own shit, whatever, but not like getting fired or getting released. And then you see names like the Iconics and Bo Dallas. And like, see, the Iconics is, is different because they they love breaking things up before they're supposed to be breaking up. Iconics and like Sasha and Bailey, even the hurt business is like, why are you doing this? And we, we never get a real explanation. 
and then they just flounder. And the, the problem is the company does not know what to do with anybody anymore. The writing team, how to book a, a good guy or a bad guy is oh, everything is plain cookie cutter, plain white paint wall dry. And at a certain time, you're like, what do I do with him? What do I do with her? It's been a year. It's been six months. You know what? Just, let's get rid of him. And then they go to Impact and AEW and stuff like that. But for me to see Samoa Joe be the main guy get released after I just saw him at WrestleMania five days ago, maybe, you know, could he come back under a different deal? I, we don't know. But as of right now, he's not with the company no more. But very, very surprised to see him be at the top because I, I, I figured he should have been in a faction with, with Roman and the Usos or going up against uh, Roman and the Usos. So there's so many missed opportunities. Could have been a world champion. And he was legit hurt for, for quite a while, right? He was. I don't know when he would have been cleared. Hey, maybe, you know, maybe there's a chance he's still not cleared. Maybe there is a chance that they were never going to clear him. You know, like mm. Christian, for example, he was concussed for a long time. And I'm thinking they just won't clear him, but they had a reason to not clear him because it was a pretty severe health issue. But we knew about that, though. Samoa Joe, I just don't, unless he does have a pretty bad concussion issue, he's gotten injured a lot. The guy is very right. injury prone. He's also older now. I get it. He's not the Samoa Joe of 10, 15 years ago. But he could still very much go. Like, Joe, it can still go in the ring. He's an amazing talker. I mean, th that doesn't even make any sense, though, because it's not a case of, oh, we're not going to clear him. Let's get rid of him. Keep mm -hmm. him on fucking commentary. Like, there, he, it had to have been a case. I, I, it, I, I refuse to believe that it is anything but him asking for his release. Because if it's a case where, like, oh, we don't see any value in Joe, I don't believe that because they've been using this guy for all these promotions and uh, he was doing these shows with them, like promoting their fucking car dealership and shit, um, their partnership. Um, he was on commentary for over a year. He was the best part about that team. Tom Phillips is decent. I hate Byron Saxton. Samoa <laughs> Joe is was amazing. You get rid of him? I, I don't know. I, I'm still in shock. It's only been a few hours, but that just made absolutely no sense mm -hmm. to me and did not put a fucking world title on this guy at any point in this company's history during his run is baffling to me. Aside from the NXT championship, that makes absolutely no sense to me. So I'm and, very and disappointed. And what? He only had like one, one title shot, right? Against Brock. That was it. No, right? he had a lot. Joe had a oh, lot of title shots. That's one-on-ones. One-on-ones. Yeah. So Joe had a shit ton of title shots. Oh, AJ too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So literally three consecutive years, he had title shots. One in 2017, the Brock one which mm -hmm. was a great program. They absolutely should have pulled the trigger on him then, but, oh, they got to put the belt on Roman, so they didn't. Um, that was a great match. That was a great feud. He got another title shot the next month at SummerSlam. It was a four-way, but he lost. You fast-forward to the AJ feud, as you said. He got four title shots, I think. SummerSlam, Hell in the Cell, Super Showdown, and Crown Jewel. Four pay-per-views, lost every single match. Did not win the championship in any match. I think he won one by disqualification. That was it. That's six title shots. Lost everyone. He got a seventh title shot. Uh, not last year, but the year before that when Kofi was champion. Forgettable mm. match. It wasn't, it wasn't great by any means. But Kofi beat him at like, it wasn't great balls of fire. I think it was extreme rules. Lost there too. <laughs> I mean, it's just amazing to me. It's amazing. You give this guy so many title shots and you know how good he can be. But I don't think they ever saw Joe as anything more than a stepping stone for other people. I know he's 40-something years old. But like, he's still very popular. And mm -hmm. he can still go to a certain extent. And he's an amazing talker. So again, did not put the belt on him at any point. 
is bizarre to me. I said at the beginning of 2020, all I want this year is for Joe and Drew to be champions. This was before Drew to won the Royal Rumble. Got that. Mm. I'm like, great. Joe's next. Never came back to wrestle again. I think his last match on record is a friggin' tag team match on Raw against AOP or some shit. I mean, they let go of people left and right. You said it yourself. They break up all these factions and stables and tag teams. And too then quick. Way too quick, but they just break them up in general. The Iconics have been around for a long time. I was never mm-hmm. the biggest Iconics fan. The thing with them, though, I honestly didn't really care that they got broken up, even though the women's tag team division is shit. Towards the end, the Iconics just did nothing for me. But if you're going to break them up, at least have a plan. Peyton Royce absolutely could have and should have been a breakout star in that Raw women's division. They did nothing with her. Billy Kay got more TV time than Peyton Royce. And honestly, I'm not the biggest Billy Kay fan because in the ring, I don't think she's very good. But as a character, she's incredibly entertaining. She's on the show every week. She had that thing with Carmella going, which honestly thought had some potential. And they just cut her. I just, there must, there's got to be more to this than what meets the eye. Because just picking people left and right, oh, let's get rid of this person, that person, that person, makes no sense to me. I just don't understand. So, um, yeah, Joe Joe getting fired is a, a big blow, in my opinion. So, question is, where did it go now? So, where does, where do you, where does Samoa Joe go? Where, does, where <clears> do the <throat> Iconics go? Where, do, where does Bo Dallas get a look? I know there's some other people, Callisto, is like, obviously, Samoa Joe is the main agent out there along with like Andrade and stuff like that. So I know AEW is going to want them. Impact might want them. Uh, does Samoa Joe maybe even retire? Because maybe he, if they won't clear her, he might say, I can't even wrestle and no one else might clear me. I, I'm done. We That's the part we just don't know. So in a hypothetical fantasy booking world, do you see a Samoa Joe if cleared and if healthy show up in AEW? Do you see the Iconics show up in AEW or somewhere else? Um, with Joe, even if he was not cleared by WWE, I mean, we've seen it several times where WWE won't clear people, but other companies will. And I don't think it's that serious of an injury where it's like, he can't be cleared ever. I definitely think, I don't I don't even know if he's not injured. That's the thing. He could be good to go. We have no idea. I guess we'll find out soon enough when he does the right. talk is Jericho podcast or something, which is obligatory, but exactly. Yeah. Um, so with Joe, he could really go anywhere and do well because he has ties to TNA slash Impact. He has ties to Ring of Honor. I think AEW is his best bet because obviously it's the biggest platform. Um, I think AEW is an, an amazing landing spot for him. Mm-hmm. I, I hate to say AEW because I feel like with everyone, it's like, oh, AEW, go there, go to AEW, blah, 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 blah. He is someone that should absolutely be an AEW. Like, you know, f- for example, they pick up Bo Dallas, fucking waste. Like, don't even bother. You know what I mean? Like, not everyone, not every one of these released people from last year, this year, whatever, has to go to AEW. Only the people that make sense to go there should be there. He absolutely mm. should be signed by AEW. The Iconics, you know, I was having a discussion with someone before we started here, and they had mentioned Impact. I think that's a better landing spot for them because they have a women's tag team division there. Honestly, their women's division is better than AEW. So I could see them going to Impact. Maybe Peyton, unless they don't work together anymore, which I find very hard to believe because it seemed like they're best friends. Why would they want to split up? I see them both going to impact, maybe going to AEW, but AEW and impact have a working relationship now. So maybe she can do both, but her husband, Sean Spears is there, which is why I say maybe AEW for, for Peyton. Um, the rest of them, Mickey James. Maybe yeah, her too. I, I forgot about her too. Wow. Mickey yeah. James too. 
And again, she's another one a lot like Joe, where they never really utilized her to her full potential. She's been back for five years now, never won a fucking title, never won another championship, not even a tag team titles, which in, in an era where everyone gets a run, she never got another run as women's champion. And again, I'm all about building new stars, but they haven't really built that many new stars outside of the four horse women. But like, she has a lot more value. They never did shit with her. She's been hurt a lot, but still, that just makes no sense. Um, with her going forward, honestly, anywhere, Impact is where she used to be. I think she was in Ring of Honor for a very short period. Uh, AEW would be great to have her. Um, the NWA, I think, is a logical landing spot just because they have their own women's division, and her husband runs the place, Nick Aldis. So mm-hmm. that's where I see her going. The rest of them, Bo Dallas, I think he's just done. I think he's like in uh, real estate business or something like that, real estate agency or some shit like that. So I don't see him wrestling anymore. Like we haven't heard of Axel Curtis Axel since he got released. Like he's another one who fell off the face of the fucking earth. Um, I see Bo Dallas being no different. Kalisto, maybe back to Mexico or ring of honor. Um, again, he's another one that can go anywhere and do well. Cause he's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chelsea green, probably impact again, anywhere. She'd be great, but impact is where Zach Ryder is Matt Cardona, her fiance. And that's where she used to be anyway. So probably impact. Um, and as I, you mentioned, Kyle Lockhart said Chelsea Green back to Impact? Question mark. Yeah, go. I think so. Yeah, that's 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 what I'm expecting. She's a former Impact Knockouts champion. Her fiance is there. Their women's division is excellent. So mm-hmm. I could see her going back to Impact. Absolutely. That's my uh, that's my current prediction. I think in the AEW, the thing is, is that it's the next biggest platform. But like their women's division, they have a lot of good women. They just don't know how to book these fucking women for the most part. So no, mm-hmm. I see her going back to Impact. I think. I think for me as a fan, it, it it's um, annoying where someone like a Mickey James came back and they they did shit with her. Someone like a John Morrison came back and everybody, oh John Morrison coming back and they ain't do shit with him either. He's his hair's all wild now. He's he's a crony with uh, the Miz, and I'm like, you know, at some point in time, when are you gonna break up the Miz and Morrison? When is Morrison gonna be on his own and do his own fucking thing? Like he's been there for what two years, three years maybe. And no title, maybe a tag title, no intercontinental, no, no, no Morrison. Else. Yeah, Morrison. So you only came back about a year and a half ago, like a little over a year ago. It feels like Bro, it's been a lot longer. That felt like <laughs> that felt like five years ago. <laughs> I will say this: I was a big proponent about a year ago of not breaking the two up, just because they had only reunited in January of last year. They got a very short SmackDown tag team title run. They got the belts taken off of them within like a month and a half, which was stupid. Um, and just to give the belts right back to the new day who have held them like five times, like who gives a fuck? Um, so yeah, so they've been together now for about a year and a half. I agree. I split them up. I mean, it, it, the thing is, is that they split up stuff that doesn't need to be split up, but they keep things together that should not be kept together. Miz and Morrison, they haven't even been in the tag team title picture in close to a year. So you might as well just put them separately. Um, Miz can do his own thing. Morrison can do his own thing. They're not getting any younger. Morrison has not even given a fair shot on his own since he came back. I love the Miz and Morrison thing. Right now, I mean, they're just losers, but the booking hasn't helped him. He can still be a solid mid-carder on his own. So I hope they break them up soon, and maybe they put them on separate shows. You could put Miz back on SmackDown or vice versa. But, uh, yeah, they need to be split up, absolutely. There's just As a tag team currently, they've done all that they can do. There's mm-hmm. nothing more for them to accomplish, so just split them up. Like, how do you, how do you break up the Hurt Business but keep Miz and Morrison together. Like they didn't break up the hurt business. They put retribution in there instead. Did you see that T bar and Mace are now part of the hurt business. So the group is still together, but they have two more members that absolutely fucking should not be in the group. 
It's stupid. It's dumb. It makes absolutely no sense. I'm honestly shocked. I'm shocked. <laughs> they did not release. I'm, I'm shocked about that, but I'm also shocked they did not let go of Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin today because you can tell they have no plans for these people. Just let them go and do something else elsewhere. Shelton's another guy, like you mentioned, that they bring back into just jack shit with. Why even bother at that point? Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not even saying these people should be world champion, but like anything is better than what they're doing with these people right now, which is nothing. So just disappointing. Hey, Noob and company, me and Grandma are doing very well today. Get back, uh, <laughs> Thanks, Noob. Getting, getting back to doing the shows. Um, I know Graham's schedule's been crazy. Mine's been crazy as well. So we're going to try our very best to be as consistent as possible for this and both the Wrestling Basement Podcast. Um, I think that's it on the on the release stuff, right? Those are, those are the main I believe so. And- Let me double check. I think that's everybody. Yeah, yeah Tucker. Who gives a fuck? I mean, honestly, who cares? <laughs> he's a, he's a nice guy, I'm sure, but like, he's not right. going to be a deal breaker wherever he goes. They should have never again, and they should have never broken up heavy machinery. Otis is right back, and another tag team with Chad Gable. Why the hell would you break those deal up? Makes no sense. I don't know. I, listen, I, I'm a different fan. If I see heavy machinery, and I'm like. Am, am I going to be like, I can't wait to see him on SmackDown every week? And it's like, I'm not that kind of fan. I'm going to tell you, they're terrible. They're decent. They can't wrestle. They're great. And when I see heavy machinery, I'm like, what's the point of, what was the fucking point of having Otis win the Money in the Bank last year and do nothing? with? Why even have him win the Money in the Bank? What the, what the fuck was that about? So, like, they're... The questioning of the booking has to be a big proponent of why these people want their want out of their contract too. So it's not only all, it's not only on the performer. It's about what what do you have for me? It's WrestleMania. We're past that. All right, let's start brand new. And if you still got nothing for me, why why stay? Yeah, specifically with a guy. Just I don't know with Otis specifically. He has a lot of momentum. I like Otis a lot, or he had a lot of momentum at the time they put the briefcase mm-hmm. on him, which is why they did that. What doesn't make sense to me is when they release people who seem like they legitimately want to be there or don't mind being there, but they keep the people who don't want to be there. Like there's people who request the releases, but they keep them anyway. Like right. that's what doesn't make any sense to me. It seems like Murphy is incredibly unhappy there. I don't know the guy personally, but just based on how he complains about shit on on Twitter and whatever, and how he's booked and how he's not booked, why would why why wouldn't you just let go of him? And I'm not saying they should. I don't want to see anyone get fired, but like right. Alistair Black, they, it seems like spoiler alert, they might be using him going forward. Finally, and he's been gone for a minute. But then why again? Why keep him employed? They clearly before this weekend had no plan for him for what six months? Do they wasted six months of that guy's career? If I saw his name on the list of releases today. I wouldn't be upset because I know he could, he, at least it seems like he would want to be out. His wife got fired. So I, I could imagine that he would want to believe he wanted to go back to NXT. And they said, no, Andrade got out while he could, like he didn't, he didn't have to be released with all these other people. Like he asked for it and they gave it to him. I don't know if Alistair Black asked for it. I have no idea. So at least with a guy like Alistair, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Cause I know he wants to, I would assume that he wants to leave Samoa Joe. I never got the sense that he wanted to leave. Unless he asked for it. I don't know. If he asked for it, that's fine. But I never got the sense that um, you know, he wanted to take off. So to fire him and then not fire all these other people that would rather not be there and quite frankly, like complain online and stuff like that, just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So Noob real quick said Mia Yim should team up with Cedric and Shelton. We haven't seen Mia in a couple of weeks now, a couple of months. So um I, I don't see know anybody. 
<laughs> well, yeah, no, we don't see anybody. I know they have a lot of great women. They just don't do shit with. So, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah why not? to be fair, as much as we say real quick, as much as we say, you know what? You know, uh, for example, Samoa Joe, whatever. All right, go to AEW. But when these people go to other promotions, it's not always 100%. They're on. They're right on top. No, I agree. You know, you know, so we got to be careful with that, too. Like Rusev, when he left, oh, he'll be dope in AEW. He's going get, to get the opportunity. So far, I will say I completely agree with you. This is why I hate saying, like, oh, this person would be great there because mm -hmm. they would be great there. But it's all a matter. It all comes down to the booking. Like a lot of these True. people, they don't get booked well, then it doesn't matter. Like Miro, I still think is a great fit for AEW, but if they're not going to do jack shit with them. Then why even bother? Mm. You know, but I will say though, it seems like they are turning it around with him. They just wasted six months for nothing, but it seems like he's broken away from Kip Sabian. He's breaking off on his own. Thank God took six, seven months, but we're finally getting there. Um, yeah, you never know. Some people could say, Oh, this person would be great in WWE specifically WWE. And then they just don't do shit with them. So for example, mm. do I think Kenny Omega could be a top star in WWE? Absolutely. Do I really want to see him go there? Not really. Just because I don't know if they would use him at the level he should be at. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And not that he would ever go there anyway, I don't think. But yeah, no, I agree. Like it, that that is that is that happens less often than you would think. More often than not, when these people leave, almost everyone that got released a year ago has gone on to done very good things. Like mm -hmm. even EC3, I I've interviewed him. He's uh, you know, he's awesome. Um, he hasn't won anything, but he's been Ring of Honor, Impact. He's done some cool stuff. He reinvented himself. Matt Cardona is loving life right now, doing various promotions. Deanna Perrazzo got cut, Impact Knockouts Champion. The Good Brothers got cut, Impact Tag Team Champions. Ty Conti got cut, contending for the AEW Women's title next week. So you can't mm. use everyone to their full potential at the same time. But um, I think a lot of the people end up going on to do bigger and better things once they're leaving, once they get cut from WWE. Some people you never hear from again. But there are most right. of the people go on and they really give a shit about this stuff and they really want to be successful, go on to do well elsewhere, I would say. Right. Um, so aside from that, we did have WrestleMania this week. This weekend, two days, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, you were there. You were in Tampa. Last minute thing. You, uh, you got your, your little suite and everything. You're doing big things, you know. <laughs> um, you did not get caught in the rain delay, which is pretty good. But as opposed to going through match by match by match, just what was your overall sense of WrestleMania 37? First big show they've had uh, and it, with the COVID thing going on with a live crowd, which is dope to see. So overall, your thoughts on 37 WrestleMania and are you a proponent of WrestleMania going forward? I know this can be one one night only next year in the following, in the following but do you think WrestleMania should be a one night event or a two night event? Absolutely two night events. Absolutely a two-night event. A after having been there this year, I felt the same way last year. My only thing last year was that there were no fans, so it didn't matter. But I said mm -hmm. if they were going to do two nights going forward, they had to advertise the card for each night. Because there's people that only go to one night. Most people that I talked to when I was there said they were going to both. So it's not that big of a deal. But you need to advertise the card. I'm not going to pay ticket. I'm not going to pay a ticket on night one to see Roman, Brian, and, and Edge but then end up seeing the fiend and Randy Orton. Who cares? Like I, I need to know what I'm getting. They did that this year. So having done that, then I think it's a great, I think it's a great formula. Now right. it goes back to the original point that everyone has made. I've made a million times. Why, why is it necessary now to have two, uh, a two night show when 10 years ago, we didn't need a two night show. WrestleMania has always been one night. 
Why all of a sudden is it more necessary? The roster is bigger now than it's ever been before. But the thing is, is that they are insistent on including everyone on these shows. I don't love that idea. I don't like that. I mean, listen, from a personal standpoint, if I worked and I was on the roster, of course, I would want a WrestleMania payday. I fucking get it. But I think how it always was for a very long time, only the people that not, not work the hardest. I mean, that ideally that should be the case, but only the matches that make sense should be at WrestleMania. It should be the cream of the crop. No bullshit. No filler. That's what every other big pay-per-view for every other big company is. None of the shit where you get everyone on the card. I don't agree with that personally. If it gets them payday, cool. But like as a fan, I just don't think it makes sense, which is why the show ends up being eight hours long most years because they want to include 17 matches. So this year we didn't have that because they split it up between the two nights. Now, if you're insistent on including everyone on the card, two nights is what you have to do. If you Mm -hmm. don't and you want to go back to the days of including only the matches that matter, then you go back to one night and make it a four-hour show. It should not go beyond on the Eastern Coast, on the East Coast Eastern time. It should not go beyond 11 o'clock Eastern. Anything beyond that, maybe other than 15 minutes after that, is overkill. 7 to 11 is perfect. That's what it was for a long time. Starting with 32, the show sucks. All of the shows have not been good. 36 was different because it was two nights. But a lot of these shows, you know, you, you go to the last truly great WrestleMania main events before this year, 32 was not it. 33 had a great, uh, terrible main event. 34 had a who cares main event. 35 even was boring because the show is too fucking long. When the, when, the, when the show ends at midnight, you get to a mm-hmm. point where people just don't care. Having been there myself, I can absolutely tell you people are just way more invested when the main event is at 10 o'clock, 1030, 11 o'clock at the latest. Starting anything at 1130, 12 is just stupid. So I, I, I think I, I think now the big difference of now to before the network was was available, mm-hmm. they can do what they want. They can start when they That's want. That's the problem. They can yeah. end what they want. But back in the day, they were on pay per view. Hey, Time Warner, we're cutting you off at eleven o'clock. So get your shit in until eleven o'clock. If not, we're going to cut you off. That's why yeah. Mania used to be eight, nine matches. Uh, the one for this year, thirty-seven. Both nights, 14 matches. Do I need 14 matches at, at WrestleMania? Now, if, if every match had a, had, a, had a build, like, wow, I can't, I, I'm invested I in it. I completely agree. I agree. Give me all 14. But out of four, Grant, out of all 14 matches, how many had a really good build? Like, le- less than five? I would, that, I don't that, know. That, that you wanted to see that. I can't wait. How many? Well, I can tell you right now, going down the card, I was talking to someone about this earlier, but like, this is the thing. If you're going to do this stuff where, again, like I said, if you want to include everyone in the card, you're right. You're right. They will go overtime because they know mm-hmm. they can go overtime. Right. Would they have gone overtime? If we had the network 20 years ago, would WrestleMania 2017, whatever, have gone six hours, six, seven hours? I don't think so. I, I personally don't think so. I think they've always they, the mindset originally was to get the matches that have a good story. Not every match had a great story back in the day, but most of them did more than now. We're going to get these matches on the card, and that's what it's going to be. So without that limitation, they're just they're like, oh, let's put everyone on the card. Like, no, I'll tell you right now, if this was a one night WrestleMania, one night, I would have gotten rid of the tag team turmoil match with the women. I would have gotten rid of I, I would have gotten rid of the women's tag team title match. That's two right there. Sheamus and Riddle was a very good match. Was a WrestleMania worthy with a great story? No, I probably would have gotten rid of that. 
the Bad Bunny stuff, I, I didn't like originally. It ended up being a very fun match. So I probably I wasn't bad. That. I wasn't bad. No, I, I would keep that. Braun and Shane, eh, give it the axe. AJ and Omos, I hate to say this because I love AJ. That was a completely pointless match against New Day. I mean, obviously they won the tag titles and it mm-hmm. it wasn't a bad match. But no story. Worthy? No, no story. Who who cares? Who gives a shit? So I'm getting <laughs> rid of that. Braun, Shane, Natalia, t- uh, the tag team turmoil. That's three on night one. On night two, I would have gotten rid of Sheamus Riddle, the women's tag team title match. Probably Owens and Zayn, which I hate, but it's kind of like the odd match out. So that's mm-hmm. six matches out of 14. That's an eight-match card with what you're left with. Nine if you include Owens and Zayn. Maybe you put them on the pre-show. That's perfect. That's perfect. But again, they want to have everyone on the show, so it's that's not how it's going to work out. And Graham, last year we had 19. 19, 19. matches? You had... Part one, nine matches. Part two, you had ten matches. Wow. Well, A- including if- the, the including that that bullshit Drew and Big Show right after. You want to count that <laughs> one? That's that's ten. So nineteen matches. And yeah. again, not everybody. And that's not even the Battle Royal. You know what I'm saying? Like you had that on on, on SmackDown. Cool. That's great. But like, not everybody needs to be on WrestleMania. If the WrestleMania should be the hottest feuds, the biggest rivalries, the big the big names, and if you're not on it, like what the fuck can I do? I can't do shit for you. So, I completely agree. And then 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 they want to promote WrestleMania Backlash, which is another stupid name. I'm like, well, what do we? You got to start with that, these names. That's just a marketing thing. They do that because it's like, oh, maybe more people will care about it if we if we slap the WrestleMania name on it. It's still Backlash. Right. That doesn't really bother me. It's a stupid marketing tactic. That's why they're doing that. That's why they do the dumb taglines. Like, oh, it's too big for just one night. How, how often did we hear that last year? Or, or like extreme rules, the the horror show. That like, shit oh. makes me it, it's <laughs> nauseating, but they do it as a as a tactic. Are more people clicking on the shit because of that? I don't think so, but no. I don't work in marketing, so I don't know. But that's just my two cents. So Kyle said night one over. I guess he, I guess he meant night one better than night two. Yes. And Noob said keep Mania two nights. So I guess he agrees with you on that. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've said it several times. Everyone that I talk to, from you know fans, everybody, even a few people of the company that I saw where I was, I was like, listen, two nights is just much better. I mean, they're not going to do what I say, but like, I'm just like, listen, dude, as a fan, I'm telling you, it's a much better idea. I don't think we're ever going to go back to the times where. I agree. Where we have every match that matters, we're not going to do that shit anymore. I don't think. I think it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what that's what every other company still does for the right. most part. They're not going to go back to that. So if we're going to keep it that way, two nights is so much better. And as a fan, for me personally, selfishly, it spreads out the fun. You know, you get to go to one night. If you can afford to go to the second night, even better. I mean, the tickets this year were crazy expensive because they were limited. I mean, wild. It was wild. Right. I mean, as a fan, would I have gone to both? If I had to pay for, probably not, probably not, because they were wild expensive. Like I think they were even more expensive Bucking. than I went two years ago for one night, which was a longer show. I think they should decrease the prices for a lot of the shit if it's a shorter show than it usually is. In mm-hmm. my opinion, I don't know if it should be half the price, but at least three quarters. But anyway, um, yeah, two nights is where it is. That that's where it's at. Um, I was gonna ask you. Uh, all right, so in your in your in your ideal booking 
for WrestleMania. Any any WrestleMania, you know it's gonna be three, four hours. But like, what do you think is the max amount of matches they should have? Like a a, a good, great WrestleMania should not have more than X amount of matches. I wish I could tell you. I would say probably. Are we talking a one night WrestleMania? Uh, uh, a one night WrestleMania. They should not have more than blank amount of matches. I think eight is good. I think eight to maybe ten. It depends. It depends how long the matches are, though, because I feel like a normal match card, like a three hour show, a three hour pay per view, has around eight matches, but the matches are shorter, so you can get away with it. For a four hour mania, seven to eleven Eastern time PM. If you're going to do that, the matches, I would assume the main events are getting more time. So maybe it still ends up being eight matches. The match count doesn't really matter as much to me as long as the show is over within four hours. You can have an hour-long kickoff, four-hour main show. That's it. It should be mm-hmm. done no later than 11 p.m. Eastern if you start at 7. So that's what I would do. Uh, because- match count, again, doesn't really matter. But eight, eight to ten matches, I would say max. The last main that we had in front of a big crowd was 35. Um, up in New Jersey. So if you count all the pre-show bullshit, right? Which 16, you should because we're there sitting watching it. Yeah. Yeah. 16 total. Yeah. If you, if you take the pre-show out, you're 12. And that's why Noob said 12 matches, to be honest. I, I, 10 to 12. Th- I think 12 is like the, uh, the utmost. I can't go no more. I'm good with 10. I think 12 is too much. If you have a four hour show, how many, how much time are these matches getting five minutes? You know, you gotta go, you gotta take in the hall of fame shit, the video packages, the entrances, the aftermath, the celebrations. I mean, I think 10 matches, honestly, even that is too much. So I think 12 is no thanks. Unless the match is like 30 seconds, which they'll do every year. At WrestleMania. Some of these matches will be a minute. Ray Mysterio and Samoa Joe two years ago at 35 was 30 seconds long. If you want to do that, that's fine. But other than that, I wouldn't. No, no thanks. And even 30, 34 up in New Orleans, everything pre-show, everything. We have 14. If you, if you take the pre-show out, 11. That's too much, dude. That's too much. <laughs> that show ended at around midnight, too. It went past midnight. That that was the first ever, you know, that was where the first ever two-night WrestleMania is. That's just, it's too late, man. It's too late. But, but you know, you know, the problem is what? A, a solution to all this. The problem is the fact that once you once they took out Money in the Bank being a part of WrestleMania, which you yeah. can you can include eight people. You can have a women's Money in the Bank and a men's Money in the Bank. That's sixteen people, two matches. Like you might you might just have eight eight matches on the card if you if you combine the Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank, you know me, does not need its own pay per view. You put that at WrestleMania for both the men and the women. Eight people in there. They get their shit in, and you have two great matches. That can save you a whole bunch of time getting all these people on because sometimes you want to get on WrestleMania, but do you really need to be on WrestleMania? I, I get it, but if you're not in a prominent storyline, then I'm sorry, you, you can't be on. I don't think that would fix anything just because with the last couple of manias where they've had 12 matches, they didn't have money in the bank, no, but they did have the Battle Royals, the giant, the Andre Battle Royals. That's like the new money in the bank. Listen, I agree. It's completely pointless. You don't win shit, but it fits right. more people, and they just throw it on the kickoff show to get everyone that's not on the show on the show. So I don't think bringing back money in the bank would really change much in that in, in that respect, other than making the match more important because it's more prestigious and you actually win something. Um, th- th- honestly, I, I mean, we've discussed it before, but that's the one pay-per-view. I don't mind having its own pay-per-view just because the pay-per-view is, is usually good. Mm-hmm. 
Um, The rest of them are just completely pointless. That's what I would say. So what was your favorite match on night one and night two? I think most would say Sasha and and Bianca was the the best match, not only on night one, but you talk about the allure of WrestleMania all the time. They put that that talk is out there uh, as far as the, the women go as being the two First uh, black women in the in the main event of a WrestleMania, which is dope. Yeah. Um, so Sasha and Bianca best match on night one. Match uh, night two belong to who? Main event easily, and the main okay. event stole both shows. I think this was the first year. These really? are the best WrestleMania main events since thirty one, easily. Absolutely easily. The Boneyard match was great, but I'm talking mm-hmm. like an actual match that had fans there. Easily the best main events they've they've done since 31. 35 with the women's triple threat was good, but the crowd just did not care just because it was so late and they were just tired. I was there. I I I just I was exhausted. Um mm-hmm. 34 Roman and Brock was who gives a fuck. Um 33 Taker and Roman was terrible. 32 Roman and Triple H was not that very good. And 31 was Brock and Roman, which was awesome. The first one. So I would say these are the best matches since then. That's still one of my favorite main events ever. And then the year before that had Brian Batista and uh, Orton. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, yeah, I would say both main events stole both shows, stole both nights. Of the two, the triple threat was my favorite. I would say if I had to pick a match which was better, I would say that. But that's saying a lot because Bianca and Sasha are also one of the best main events ever in Mania history. I didn't really have to go back and think about it, but... Both main events were fantastic. Um, other than those, night one, I loved Rollins and Cesaro. I just thought it was mm-hmm. a great match. I was invested. I loved the action. Cesaro mm-hmm. looked great. Just a lot of cool, oh my God, like level shit. Like, like oh shit levels of, wow. It was that good of a match. Night two, um, and I also enjoyed McIntyre and Bobby too. I thought they had a pretty good match in the opener. I thought that was very good. Night two, I liked the... Well, I thought it could have been longer and maybe a tad better. I like the Big E and Apollo. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that, too. I thought that was their best match yet, but I, I didn't realize until I looked at it earlier. It was only six minutes. I'm like, what the fuck? I thought it was a lot longer, but like in a good right. way, not like, oh, it dragged on. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, it didn't make a lot of sense. But I thought that was good while it lasted. I really enjoyed, aside from the main event on night two, I really enjoyed um Riddle and Sheamus. I thought they just beat the shit out of each other. Mm-hmm. And that finish was amazing. That bro kick out of nowhere was great. So, um, yeah, those are my favorite matches from both nights. I thought overall it was a great WrestleMania. You know, the crowd having there obviously put it on a curve because it's the first Mania back in a while. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was because it was two nights. I don't know. But I would still put this Mania overall overnight over um, the other two that I had been to, 33 and 35. It's probably just the length. Those Manias ended way later than they should have, and the main events weren't good. These were the perfect lengths, and mm-hmm. the matches were good. You know, there, night one had almost nothing wrong with it. The women's tag team turmoil match sucked. That was shit. But everything else was great. Night two had more issues. So, yeah, I don't know. I just liked it overall. I thought it was a really good WrestleMania, and it's such a shame that coming off such a great weekend, we have Raw the night after, which was terrible. And then, yeah. Um, you know, the releases today and everything else, it's just a shame. So I thought it was enjoyable, though. We're going to have coming up a, a, a basement show on, like, the best Raws at the Mania because that Raw Monday would just fucking I terrible. I don't know if it would qualify. 
I mean, yeah, it was a Raw at the Mania, but it, <laughs> it, 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 it didn't push nothing. No, no debuts, no returns. It was like, all right, little. That's all. I mean, Charlotte came back. The Vikings the first time in a month came back. So, and then she she cut a she cut an ill promo. Uh, you know, I love Charlotte, so she was telling people, you know, you think I take your spot, your favorite I spot? I thought she cut a good promo. Now, the that was sh- great. The show was terrible. Show was absolutely awful. For as far as listen, dude, even if it wasn't a Raw after WrestleMania, it still would have sucked. It still would have <laughs> sucked. That's that's saying something. It's not like oh, it was a good show, but post WrestleMania, like it wasn't good. No, it just wasn't a good show anyway. It's probably the worst post WrestleMania. I mean, last year's post WrestleMania Raw was pretty bad too. That was when they did the Drew and Big Show shit. I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me? Who cares?" Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I, I give that one more. I give that one more of a pass because the whole COVID thing happened in March and they had to really adjust on the fly. I know. I, I, I give them that this year. My thing is like, damn, you came from a big old stadium. Now we're going back to the the, the Thunderdome, and it's I, it's a weird transition, but. What real quick, which match at WrestleMania or matches at WrestleMania left you underwhelmed? Like mm. um underwhelmed. Like before you answer, most most would have said Orton Bray Wyatt, the fiend, uh, because of how it ended. And I would say for me, or what I of a match that I expected to be good or pretty good. Is I think the Rhea Oscar that would be it. Yeah, it wasn't it. wasn't clicking for me. I wouldn't say Fiend and Orton just because I wasn't looking forward to the match at all. I just really expected it to be shit. Completely mm-hmm. honest with you, I thought the match itself was better than I thought it would be. Maybe just because I'm still scarred from the 33 match, which was awful. That match was mm-hmm. terrible. Right. Um, this one was better. The finish was terrible. Orton no. winning was stupid. The Alexa Bliss shit was stupid. That sucked. That was a terrible way to kick off the show. So that didn't really underwhelm me. That was just like, dude, why? Why did you do that? <laughs> the match was whatever. The Rhea Oscar match in terms of underwhelming would probably fit the bill because I still thought it was a very good match. But the crowd, mm-hmm. having been there, wasn't really reacting to it the same way. And again, it goes back to what you were saying earlier. There's no fucking story. There's no story to the match. Rhea just randomly showed up and challenged the Oscar. We were all excited for it because it was going to be a good match, and it was right. a good match. But Rhea just showed up. A lot of the people who don't watch NXT have no reason to really care about her. And Asuka, her reign wasn't that good. She's been champion for a long time, but she's been a complete afterthought. The match had no story to it whatsoever. So that was probably what was working against it. But other than that, I thought mostly everything was exactly what I expected it to be or uh, better than I thought it would be. All right, Graham. This is where I start hitting you with the, the hard, hard questions. Okay. Uh, obviously, we've seen Roman Reigns defeat both Edge and Daniel Bryan. Triple threat match. Uh, his reign, no point intended, continues as a as, uh, universal champion, as a heel. But I want to ask you, let's say the last five years, heels, men and women, where do you rank Roman Reigns' heel run in the last five years. The one I, I recall the most was Daniel Bryan with the wooden championship belt. And now I want to save earth and recycle and all that kind of shit. Um, who takes the cake as the top heel in the last five years as, as, as champion, I would say as, as champion, okay. heel champion last five years, where does Roman Reigns run rank? He might be number one in the last five years. So we're going back to 2016. AJ Styles was a great heel champion. 
and he was when he first showed up. The year long okay. reign that he had was as a baby face, um, but his first reign was as a heel. That mm-hmm. was a great reign. Um, five years. Rollins' reign doesn't fall into that category because that was before five years ago. Definitely, definitely AJ Styles. I don't even don't even think about saying Jinder Mahal. I will hang up this call. Oh, come um, on. <laughs> I'm trying to think who else even was there. The Fiend was champion for a little while, but like it wasn't it was good, but it wasn't great. Heel world champions. I'm enjoying Bobby's run right now, but it's still too early to say. Mm-hmm. 20, don't say Brock either. Um, Come on, thinking even if you if, even if you say ten years, that puts you back at twenty eleven. How many that, heels? That have gives been me champions? some more options now. Okay, Rollins, Rollins had a very good reign. I thought he was he was booked pretty shitty towards the end of it. After he cashed in, he he faced all the top guys. He beat a lot of those people. Had some great fucking matches. So if we're if you're saying ten years, I would include Rollins, and okay. I would include Punk. Uh, when he during his year long reign, because yeah, he won it mm-hmm. as a face, but he he dropped it as a heel. That was a great reign. Mm-hmm. Other than that, honestly, I don't really have many many options. I mean, there's really Sheamus, no Del Rio, just eh, no. Um, <laughs> Randy Orton has always bored me as champion in the last ten years. Ah man, I don't know. Triple H, we got, no. we got we got Roman, we got Seth. We got AJ. We put AJ in there, but he—you said he was more of a good guy in that run, right? No, he had he, of his two reigns. His first one was as a heel when he beat Dean Ambrose for it first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a heel, so I put that one up there. That's probably honestly the second best one beyond beyond Roman. I can't think of many other heel runs in the last couple of years, unless I'm completely blanking. I mean, obviously Daniel Bryan. I'm sorry, yeah. Daniel Bryan is number two. It's Roman, Bryan, and AJ. But other than that, I can't think. Now, definitely not. Brock has held the bill almost more than anyone during that period. That's the problem. I mean, you, uh, you've had Kevin Owens, Universal Champion. You've had Goldberg, Universal Champion. Goldberg was a face. Owens just was not booked well at all. Uh, Finn was for one night. <laughs> yeah, and he wasn't a heel anyway. Uh, WWE Champion with AJ... WWE champion, they had Jinder, AJ, Wyatt, Orton, um, Brian, Kofi, uh, Brock. 2016, who was champion in 2016? Roman, AJ, Mm -hmm. Rollins, Ambrose. Yeah, there's not a lot of people to choose from as far as heels are concerned. And even with the baby faces, not a lot of them had great reigns. So, yeah, Roman is absolutely number one. This is easily the best world title reign they've had in five years. It's not even close. Over Daniel Bryan? Over over Daniel Bryan, I would say. Uh, uh, longevity, one. right? Longevity? Yeah, longevity, but also um, Roman said better matches, just better stories. You know, Bryan had an awesome reign, but he only had that one feud with AJ and then the one feud with Kofi. And that was really about it. And he had some great matches, but Roman said better matches, more memorable feuds. He hasn't lost nearly as much. Brian got pinned quite more often than people would remember. He, he got pinned a lot because he wants to elevate people. Roman ain't getting pinned right now. It's not that he's not elevating people, but he ain't getting pinned. 
Uh, consistently entertaining. Feels like must see TV. Absolutely, Brian, or absolutely Roman over anyone else. Not even close. I'm trying to see you real quick. Um, trying to remember. So, Lashley, the the Miz, no McIntyre, Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre, Brock, Kofi, Daniel Bryan, AJ, Jinder, Randy Orton, Bray Wyatt, John Cena, AJ, Dean Ambrose, Seth, Roman, Hunter, Roman, Sheamus, Roman, Seth, Brock, Cena, Daniel. Brian, the first Daniel Bryan, Orton, Daniel Bryan, Orton, Daniel Bryan, <laughs> John yeah. Cena, The Rock, CM Punk, Del Rio, John Cena, and Del Rio, Punk, Cena, Mysterio. It's all ten years. CM Punk, Cena. All right. So not much to really work with over there. <laughs> exactly. So overall, dude. you said Roman Reigns as a heel has the best title run. In the last five years. Yeah, it's not even close. close. Brian is a close second, but other than that, it's Roman. Uh, what else I got here? Real quick, two comments. Uh, noob, worst role at the Mania ever. Don't get me started on the Rhea Oscar uh, match on Monday. Evidence of Oscar being worn out and underwhelmed at, at Mania 37. Oscar Rhea crowd reaction is random. No story at all. Yeah, it, it, that's what we're saying, man. It just Graham knows me for a long time. I'm all about the story. I'm all about the build, the rivalry. Uh, you know, even me, like WrestleMania should be a, at the WrestleMania should be a restart for a lot of people. But unless you unless you have a real hot rivalry, you can extend it to a backlash or to a back in the day. It was unforgiving that one that one show at the WrestleMania. After that, you might even kick it to Judgment Day one more month. After that, you got you to gotta, uh, switch it up. So, like, right now, they got Bobby and Drew next month. Yep. Right? What else is – do they have one more rematch going on, or am, am I – Not yet, but I can almost guarantee you that we're going to be getting Asuka, Charlotte, and Rhea in the triple threat. I mean, that is different, but it's not like – I, honestly, that should have been the Mania match. I think if you really want a story, Charlotte should have been Asuka for the title in like January or February. And then Asuka has to get the belt back. And then Rhea wants to chase Charlotte because she beat her last year at WrestleMania. That's a much mm. better. We might be getting that story going into Backlash, but why is Rhea the defending champion in the triple threat? Charlotte should have been champion going into Mania. I like Asuka, but like she, and her reign was very underwhelming because of how she was booked. But mm. Charlotte should have won the belt months ago. And then you have Charlotte and are you have Rhea and Oscar chaser. And then Rhea wins the title. I mean, it's, it's not rocket science. I mean, this is pretty simple stuff, but they were, they were wasting time with the Charlotte Lacey Evans bullshit instead. So whatever. The one point I do want, I do want to make, I'll be, I'll hate myself. if I don't mention it. So the Sasha Bianca match, right? Just the whole overall, um, like watching it, you see the emotion from Bianca, even, even before the match started, um, you see, they were both happy to one. They're in the main event of night one. Um, just the overall, I, the build, the build was what it was. We all knew it wasn't that great. Could have done a whole different job. Better. I agree. But when you get in that ring and you're in the main event and you're in front of a live crowd, twenty five thousand people, and they had a hell of, uh, a crazy match, hell of a match. Many people are looking at it as one of the greatest women's matches ever in WrestleMania history. I agree with that. that. Um, 
so it was happy to see Bianca win. You see, um, what's the husband's name? I forgot. Oh, Montez Ford. Montez come in, hug her, and just celebrate with her, which is dope. I, I think, you know, me and you, we didn't complain, but we mentioned like, man, Sasha's never won in WrestleMania. But I think what needs to be said is that I don't want to say she she that like she doesn't care. I think mm-hmm. it's not it's not in her in her mind like yo I'm owing five owing six now. I think her thing is look look at what I'm doing in these matches. Look look at who am I who I'm putting over in mm-hmm. these matches. So when she had the break at, at 35, she put over the iconics, and then last year she was in a six five person thingy, and she was helping Bailey out to be an extra a better heel champion this year, elevating Bianca Belair as, 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 as world champion. And I think she's now in a spot where like I could do more good helping you out even by, by losing than winning a match. Like I, she'll get a win at WrestleMania at some point. Mm-hmm. But I think right now her focus is to, to, to elevate the young, the, the young product, help her at, at, at the same time. And maybe winning a match at Mania is not really a major concern for her um, uh, right now, especially if she had the belt and she gave it to Bianca. Like now, now you made one more star, and Bianca did very well. Like compared to the the Oscar and the Ripley, it was a total three sixty of, of of a kind of match that was. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I don't think Sasha needed the win. I don't think even Bianca needed the win. I was honestly happy with either outcome. Mm-hmm. So Sasha's now Owen. Six at WrestleMania? I think it is. I think it's 0-6 or something. Even Noob said Oscar's 0-4 at WrestleMania. So. Oscar's 0-4. I meant Banks. I'm sorry. Banks is 0-6. 0-6. Uh, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37. So, yeah, she's 0-6. Um, yeah, she'll win eventually. I, I I still think she needs a WrestleMania when it's not a great record at all. But it's different Damn. than Bray Wyatt, who just every time he loses, I'm like, why? Why did this guy fucking lose? It doesn't make any sense for him to lose these matches. Yeah, and you just you just had him all for what six months because he was burnt three months back whatever. and you don't yeah. win. What's the Stupid. point? Stupid. Sasha at least is helping elevating people, and the matches are better. The fiend losing just makes no sense. So I I don't really have an issue with her losing at all because Bianca got her moment. They made a new star out of her. She's you know all the way up to the top. She got the uh, you know skyrocket mm-hmm. to the top of the uh, card. So I'm, I'm fine with right. that. So we'll see where they go with her from here. So like, again, I could tell you, I could ask you in the last five years, you know, it, it, it doesn't beat Sasha and Bailey from Brooklyn. No. No, I don't think so. Sasha. Sasha and Bianca for you is where, as far as like women's matches last five years, Maybe in general, how mm-hmm. good of a match was that for you? Um, I thought it was a fantastic match. It, I, I could see it being in the top five. I'd have to think about it. I mean, if you include NXT matches, mm-hmm. God, that's tough because NXT's had a lot of great ones. Um, you know, I don't know. I thought the triple threat from thirty-two it was probably the best women's match I've ever seen at WrestleMania. In my opinion, okay, is this is this the what know, was it? Is this the best main roster match Sasha has ever had? Yes or no? Mm, I got you with that one. Because <laughs> the Becky Hell in a Cell match was great, dude. That was a great match. Mm. And some of the matches with Charlotte were really good. Right. Um, 
The match with Bailey last year in Set Hell in the Cell was fantastic too. It's really hard to say. I'd have to go back and watch it because I only just saw it in person. So I, I I don't think so. I don't think it's the best main roster match that Sasha has had. Um, I'd Even have to go back. Sasha, Sasha and Ronda was was pretty good too. It was a very good match. I think this was better than that because yeah, I don't know. It just it's all about because the fact that it was the main event of WrestleMania also helps it out. But yeah, that right. was also one of the very good matches. She's had a lot of great matches on the main roster, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, I, I thought I thought it was good, man. I was happy for them. And then there's there's a video. I don't know if you've seen oh, it. Sasha? There's, there's a video of Sasha on the outside. Yeah, I saw that. She's yeah. supposed to be selling, but she's just looking in the rain, like emotional and smiling, just trying to take in Bianca's celebration. Like, I hey, look, I'm celebrating with you. Yeah, and I think that's where we are with Sasha. Just, just the, the the fact that she's she's cool with losing at WrestleMania. Like, if you tell Brock Lesnar, "Hey, you're gonna be zero six," he'd be like, "No, fuck that." Yeah, I, you gotta yeah. give me. A, I'm not celebrating with nobody. Yeah, her. She's she's done it all with Charlotte and Becky and Bailey, and they're some of the best in the world. Ronda Rousey, and to elevate a, a girl like Bianca Belair, and we'll see how this reign goes. But I think it's gonna be dope and. You know, it, it gets you in the mix for other people. Like eventually, when Becky comes back and Ronda comes back, and for Rhea Ripley and and stuff like that. So, um, I think the women's division was elevated that night. Um, little downfall with Oscar and Ripley, but you know, it, it is what it is. Even the the the, the tag team match, they were fucking cheering for Tamina. They were going, I, yeah, her. who cares? I, I didn't. I, like I know that, you yeah. don't care. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> it's surprising to me. Like, oh wow, they're really behind her. You know, maybe they were drunk or something. I don't know. I can't explain that. Grammy got to stop, man. <laughs> <laughs> First it was Dolph, then it's gender, then it was Nia Jax. Now you got a problem with with Tamito. <laughs> a terrible. Uh, yeah, she's awful. Oh my fault. And then uh, Natty. I, I, saw, I saw the tweet too. You were tied at Natty with the tag. Well, yeah, I don't give a fuck about Italian team. I'm sorry. I don't give a wow. shit. I don't care what anyone wow. says. Listen, I'm sure they're amazing people. In the ring, mm. could not get to. I literally got up to go to the bathroom at that point. I never do that. Um, my last two before I let you go. Matter of fact, Kyle, love his shirt. So, so Kyle, Wale shirt, right? So, like, me and Graham had this thing. I totally forgot about it. We always say, "Hey, what kind of shirt you wearing today?" And then we got to stand up and show the shirt. So, Graham, what what kind of shirt you got on, man? Any so because related I, shirt? I yes, because I talked to him last week. It says it's one of those keep calm shirts, but it uh-huh. says keep calm and act. Um, I gotta go all the way. I'm just stand up. Act Regal. It's a William Regal shirt, and it says William Regal on the back of it up top. It was the WWE shop shirt. They sold it very, very briefly, like five years ago. I didn't have any William Regal merchandise, so I had to fucking buy it. I but think I you're the only people. person I've seen with a William Regal related <laughs> shirt ever. I, I've seen this. I've seen people wear this shirt before, not recently, but when they sold it a few years ago, I saw it. But mm. yes, I, I own the shirt. And I did want to mention that I did hear. Your interview with Bianca. Oh, thanks. Which is now on BR Wrestling. I thought it was pretty dope. And she's she's still on Cloud Nine. This you is all tell, a dream. Yeah. You could tell she don't want that. She don't want to fall from, from that grace. But you know, again, we're gonna see how her title defense is gonna be. Um just wait on, till the booking gets to her. On SmackDown. Hey, maybe a rematch with Sasha because this is WrestleMania backlash, right? Yeah, probably. I'd be <laughs> fine with that. Their match was great, so I'm fine with the rematch as long as they do it there. Like with Ripley and Oscar, they did the freaking rematch on Raw this week. So I don't know. We'll see what so happens. 
aside from Sasha and Bailey, who who was on the SmackDown side for Bianca that you know get him a couple of matches? Uh, is um, uh, Naomi still there, right? On SmackDown? No, she's in Raw. Oh my God! All right, so yeah. Sasha Bailey, who else we got on the SmackDown side for for Bianca? Oh, uh, not Billy Kay. Um, that's tough. Yeah, I mean, she wouldn't be going forward anyway. But like Carmella's, you know, she makes Carmella. sense. I know she beat Carmella a couple weeks ago, but you can go back to her. Bailey again, she's already had the feud with her, but they were split one win apiece. So you can always go back to that if you want. Bailey, Carmella. God, they have a thin division. They have a lot of good women there, but they don't have a lot of women beyond that. They have the Riot Squad, but like they're not ready for that yet. Uh, Natalia, who cares? Tamina, who cares? So I would say Sasha's probably getting a rematch. But beyond that, I would say likely Bailey or Carmella. Yeah. Unless they so, call someone else up. So back to Kyle real quick. Yeah, this is the the Sasha. You know, I gotta I gotta buy Sasha Banks. You know, I love Sasha Banks. So this is the Sasha Banks uh foot locker, foot action, Wale Mania shirt. They got Booker T, they got Mark Henry, I think they got somebody else. I forgot. Kofi I too. Kofi. We can get Ron Simmons too. So shout out to Wale Mania, Wale, my boy Kaz, and Emilio Sparks were really behind the Wale Mania movement. So I guess you could find it on Foot Action or Foot Locker. Go ahead, cop it. They, they probably sold out by now. <laughs> so, um, the last question, uh, two, two, two quick things. Um, we saw AEW NXT go on separate nights now. AEW got over a million um, rating, one point two, which is which is great for them a uh nxc got over eight hundred thousand, which is good so i think that that should get a bump as we uh you know go along here so just seeing yeah. look they're sharing two million people if, 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 if you you know want to be real they're sharing i mean a lot of those people, people are the same people though that's if you if you, you got to talk about like the numbers they were doing when they were both on Wednesdays, because those are two totally different audiences mm-hmm. nxt was doing 500 600 thousand AEW was doing 700, 800,000. That's like a million and a half right there. Not even sometimes. So yeah. are you shocked with the with the the, the 1.2 for AEW and 800,000 for uh, NXT? You feel like I, that's... I am. I'm, I'm not shocked for NXT because I knew they would go up at least 100,000. They should mm-hmm. be doing more than that, but I'm not shocked by that. Dynamite I am surprised by because I knew the rating would go up, but that is up at least 400, 500,000 people. That is that's a lot. Last week they did like six hundred thousand. This is up literally twice as much. Mm. That's a lot of people for them by their standards. So good for them. I hope they can keep it. I you know the thing is is that it wasn't like this huge show either. It's like, oh, it's your first night on Wednesday. Let's stack it like it was friggin' Matt Hardy and Darby Allen, the main event. Mm. I, I was thinking, like, why would people like was there something big like when Shaq showed up, that got a big rating because it's Shaq. Maybe because of Mike Tyson. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. If next week they go to like 900,000, then that was the Mike Tyson bump. But, you know, I really hope they can stay over a thousand or over a million. I didn't think they would. Honestly, I didn't really think so, but I hope they can because that's good for everybody. So let's let's hope they can continue growing. That's the real key here. My last question. I've seen the rumors that both Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey are supposed to be returning soon or returning at some point. Rhonda, as uh, as of today, say you know I'll 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 come back when I feel like it. So she could yeah. be playing playing to the room and everything. So my question to you is, obviously that they, they'll both come back to. Matter of fact, do they both come back to Raw, 
or does one of those go to SmackDown? Before we go further, do you think they both go back to Raw or do you think they get split up? No, I think they get split up. Um, okay. I don't know. I feel like Raw already has Oscar Ripley and Charlotte in addition to some other women like Shayna and stuff like that. I feel like SmackDown could use it more. The Raw women's, the, the both divisions are still pretty thin because they don't know how to book their women. They just got rid of, they just got rid of four women just now. So I could see them splitting it up. SmackDown is really, they have a lot of good women, but they've already gone through most of the matches they can do. So they need at least another big name. I could see Becky going to SmackDown. I could see Ronda going to SmackDown. I could probably yeah. see Becky going to SmackDown first because once they go back on the road, they need all the couples back together. And mm-hmm. Seth is on SmackDown. So for right now, right. it doesn't matter because they're on different shows. But um, yeah, I could see Becky going to SmackDown and Ronda going to Raw, probably to uh, you know, rekindle the Charlotte stuff or Asuka, maybe Ripley at some point. That'd be awesome. So my final question to you is this. After seeing what Sasha and Bianca did at WrestleMania 37 main event next year in Dallas for 38, it's, it's going to be in a, a one-night thing. Do you think, do you eventually see if Becky and Ronda come back this year that they'll finally have their one-on-one match at WrestleMania 38? And if so, do you think Becky and Ronda will be the main event of WrestleMania 38? Um, it could, um, uh, I'm thinking like what other matches could main event if it's not that, I mean, obviously anything can change, but mm-hmm. you know, Roman and Biggie, I think would be awesome. If that get if that got enough steam before then that'd be fucking great. Yeah, I could see that. I, I could see that happening. If they're both back within the next year, which is definitely possible. That is absolutely, that is absolutely a possibility where they're back in time for WrestleMania and they have their one-on-one match finally. So yeah, I mean, as of right now, hashtag book it. I could totally see that happening. But is that the one match that's still out there? One-on-one. That feels like a main event? That feels like a main event from the women's side. We've seen all the, the Becky, the Charlotte, oh. the Sasha, Bianca is like, what is that other... If it's not Becky and Rondo, what is that other women's main event kind of match for WrestleMania that we haven't seen yet? I mean, you can we say that now, but like you can make anything feel like a main event if you gave it enough time. I mean, it depends what it is, but like you could make Bianca and Becky Lynch feel like a WrestleMania main event if you gave it the right build. I know on paper it's not as big as Becky and Rhonda, but mm-hmm. if the story was right, that could be it. Or Becky or uh, Belair versus um, Charlotte. You know, they, we've seen that in NXT once. They have unfinished business. I could totally see that being the WrestleMania main event if you built that up enough. Uh, mm-hmm. Belair versus Ripley. Belair versus Ripley. The last two in the Rumble this year both go on to win titles of WrestleMania. They feel like the friggin' John Cena and Batista of the women's division circa 2005. Mm. That could be a main event too. So you have options. It's not only the the only main event you can do. Becky and Ron is the most obvious though, because they have unfinished business, of course. Mm. Well, I I I, I want to see it. I want to see it too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what they were supposed to go at it at well, Sur- Survivor Series, right? Like, uh, two yeah. Then Becky got hurt, and then they pushed the Mania, and they became a triple threat. It was just a mess. Yeah. Trust me, man. It, listen, I know if this was the LA WrestleMania coming up, then maybe. But still, like, I think it, it don't really matter what city you you're in. Like, if the no. Rock come back, okay, I'll take Dallas. There's a hundred thousand people in there. Do I gotta wait to LA because it's, it's closer to me? I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. But I think I think Becky and the Ronda 
could be the money match, not only for WrestleMania, but be the main event. I, I would love a Bianca, like a mix of Bianca and a Becky, Bianca and a Ronda, Ronda and Rhea Ripley could happen. Yeah, exactly. We don't, we, we don't know, but that thing, Becky and Ronda is the one match out there that you could say, man, for the title at WrestleMania and be the main event. So, I agree. I totally agree. I would love to see it. So I, again, I don't, am I putting money on that? No, but you know, there's definitely a possibility. Uh, come on, come on, because <laughs> that one day when Rhonda comes back, she'll do her interview tour, and I, I, I guarantee they, they're going to have you interview Rhonda. You got, I have to ask her. Hey, Rhonda, listen. I call that. You want? Don't you want Becky Lynch for uh, WrestleMania main event? Let's do it. Fuck yeah. I would love to. <laughs> I, I'm a big Ronda fan, so I'm excited to see her back. I'm excited to see Becky back eventually. I think the women's division, mm. you know, I say the women's division needs them. The problem is, though, they have the talent. They just don't fucking use them. Like, Asuka does not feel nearly as special as she should. The four mm. horse women are made. But, like, I'm talking about the Biancas are finally, she's, you know, she's a star. They're making yeah. Ripley a star. Mm -hmm. You need more than that, though, dude. You can't be just building around the same few four to six people. Peyton Royce could have mm. been that person. Oscar should feel more special than she does. I mean, I can go up and down. Carmella, you know, deserves a real shot. Um, there's more women in NXT that could be a star. Io Shirai is amazing. Chelsea Green could have maybe been somebody. Who else is on Raw? Shayna, dude. Shayna is should be huge, but they fucking buried her already. So, you know, they, I, I don't. I can't even say that the women's division needs them because they could be losers too. I don't know if they would get the loser treatment like a lot of these other women. I think they'd be booked correctly, but you shouldn't have to rely on bringing people back in order to make these divisions matter. The division should already be great, and then adding them in should be the icing on the cake. But unfortunately, the women's division hasn't really meant much since Ronda left. Not because of Ronda, but just because they stopped putting a lot of care into it. They put more mm -hmm. focus into it lately with Belair and Ripley, which is tremendous, and I'm very happy to see that. But they could always be doing better. Definitely. Right. Last point, Noob said Oscar and Ronda could be a match too. That could be a I, you know, I, I, I didn't say that because I felt like that could have been a, could have been a bigger match a while ago. Mm -hmm. Um, now Oscar is so devalued; she comes across like a clown without a booker. I just, I, I don't know if I have much interest in seeing that at this point. It'd probably be a mm -hmm. very good match, but like the story, Oscar, I just honestly cannot take her seriously against mm -hmm. anyone, but especially against Ronda. Ronda would fucking kill her. So, um, yeah, it would be good. They got to, they got to rebuild Oscar though. That she's just. She's successful, but she just, I just, it's, it's hard for me to care when she comes mm -hmm. across a clown most often, more often than not. Right. I think we covered a lot. Am I missing anything? I, I don't think so. I think we covered pretty much everything, which is a lot. Saying something. Well, Grant, I want to thank you as always, man. Great, great stuff for both Bleacher Report and Fan Sided Daily DDT. Uh, recent interview you did with uh, Bianca Belair the night after she won the title. Mm -hmm. So that was pretty pretty dope. You can check it out on the website and also on Graham's YouTube page. You can follow Graham on Twitter at WrestleRants. You can follow me at Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, the letter J-C-R-U-Z. Find the podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple. Also on YouTube.com slash Cruise Control Podcast. We got the shirts on ProWrestlingTees.com slash Cruise Control as well. Graham Matthews, my man, always appreciate it. Thank you, Randy. Appreciate it. I'll talk to you next week. All right, man. Take it easy. You too. Adios. All right.